0: Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. We're going we're gonna to take some time to talk about relationships in uh, the next few weeks. And I want to talk to you about this because uh, I, I think this is one of the big challenges that we have coming out of the pandemic, is that, that there's a whole lot going on in society that is going to be super unhelpful to us moving forward as Christians. And, and Jesus had this incredible encounter when uh, somebody who was a religious person, like you, somebody who really wanted to do the right thing came to him, and I want, to put, I want you to put yourself in this scene where, let's say you and Jesus, and I know some of you do this because we call it listening prayer, is you put yourself in a scene that's the most peaceful, the nicest place if you and Jesus could just sit down and have a conversation. My place is a beach. I'm just laying on a beach, and Jesus and I are just having a little convo. Okay, so this guy comes, And he says to Jesus, what is the most important thing? I want you to think, you're looking into Jesus' eyes, and you ask him, what is the most important thing? Now, if you came in religious on that, you could be thinking all sorts of rules and how you should do this and you had to do that and should make this happen. And Jesus looks at him and basically says, hey, here's what it is. You need to work on this thing. Love me and love others. And and in our ears, that sounds like, yeah, but that was just like craziness, right? Because that is not what people are thinking about. And and what I want to talk to you about in the next few weeks is this, is there is a radical way of doing relationship that you are not going to get from the world around you. In fact, you need to do exactly the opposite of what you see happening in the world around you. and That God has a plan that he has laid out that Jesus took three and a half years and basically demonstrated it through his disciples. And it was kind of messy, right? His disciples didn't actually do a great job, a lot like you and I. And he showed us a different way to do relationship so relationships can be the thing that they were designed to be. Because you and I... Actually have the ability to have the kind of relationships, because we're followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us, that are transformative to us and to the world. You have the ability to be in a relationship with somebody else where you can borrow their hope, because God's hope is in you. You have the ability to show a supernatural love to people that's way past your tolerance, because let's face it, people can be annoying. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Now, what you have inside of you, and it's not like, these are not happy little relationship principles that you can find on the internet. This is Jesus saying, I'm going to take this band of yahoos, I'm going to teach them how to love, I'm going to teach them how to connect, I'm going to help them understand, and what literally they did is they turned the world upside down because they knew how to love. And guys, I think our world is so desperate and in need of this because I think we're incredibly schizophrenic out there. And on one hand, you can't say anything wrong to any, you can't say that something is wrong to anybody else because it's called hate speech. Over here, you get on the internet and you start talking to people, and it's like insanity, right? They're just like cutting people down and trashing each other and thinking, where did this come from? The world is completely confused, right? They have no clue. Here is the thing that is so exciting for us is that you and I actually have the capacity and the call to do relationships in a way that's going to lead the way. And the early church had it and they modeled it. Jesus at the end of his time said, I give you a new command. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to love like I loved full stop and so we're going to talk about what that looks like in our life see there are there are relationships in this world that you value very much that aren't going to last and and, you know sorry to say that you're not going to be husband and wife in heaven that relationship is going to be over bible says you know there's not going to be give marriage and giving in marriage there's not going to be kids and parents there's only one father and we're all the kids right all that stuff is going to be gone because it's going to be amazing but you know what the one relationship is that's going to stay the same? We are always going to be the church. Always. And we are going to be a temple that we are all blocks that are being built up to the temple of God so the Holy Spirit can live into us. There are four metaphors that the Bible gives. He says that we're, going to be, we're a body and everybody makes up part of it. There's a connection There's the ability that we have to be a family where there's one father and everybody relates to it. And every one of these images has God as the head or Jesus as the head and you and I are intrinsically connected and in fact, we are connected for eternity. And this brings me to my second part of this. For some of you, you go, oh no. (laughs) You know where it says all creation groans? For some of you, that's like a groan. You, I have good news for you because Jesus groaned too. I don't know if you remember this, where he, he was with his disciples and he was trying to train them to do some stuff. And then he went through the whole thing and they brought it back and they said, Jesus, we can't do this. And he goes, and It's almost like he looked up to heaven and he went, God, how long do I have to stay with these people? And he's like groaning. You are, your relationships, and you are both broken and brilliant. And I think you have to grow behold of both. Because if you're going to go around expecting people just to be brilliant, you are going to be so disappointed in everybody around you. The good news is you're just as broken as they are. Or maybe worse. <laughs> now, you don't own that as your identity. But you take that and you understand that, that God has actually designed us to be that way. And it's what he wants from relationship. That is how he is going to make us and help us to move forward and love each other, that we are both broken and we are brilliant. You know, in our, in our world, there's, I think, something that's happened, I think, over the pandemic, that, that, that we have, this is, like, people use this phrase too much, and I, hopefully I'm not overusing it. We, like, as a society, we have a little bit of PTSD from, from the pandemic, and, and we're a little bit um, damaged from it. And what I think is most damaged is relationships. is we, we've been distant from each other. We've been isolated from each other. We were, and this isn't a criticism of anything. It's just what happens when you're, when you're away. And we need to come back to this place where we understand how core and how absolutely fundamental it is that the, this is the thing. The thing is not coming to church is great. Being online is great. But that's not it. What's it? Jesus said, is relationships. That's what's it. I want you to learn how to love like I loved you. That was sort of his final thing to us as a church. And so coming here, doing our thing, smiling, eating food truck food, ooh, that seemed good, coal-fired pizza. I'm in. That's not it. What's it?" is learning to love each other and to love each other deeply in such a way that you were actually designed to do it. See, you, you can do things in relationship that God has planned for you that is impossible to believe that you could do. And Jesus is the expert, and so I'm going to take some time to talk about that. You know, I, this week I had a little thing happen to me. I was in my fourth meeting of the day, and I didn't have a really great sleep, and I saw these guys walk into the meeting. And sat down, and I just kind of had this, "Ah, all right, here we go. And then I stopped, literally, I stopped. And I looked, and uh, probably he's gone. Derek, who has been at church for 14 years, I think. Larissa, who's been at church for 15. Uh, Chuck, who's our director of tech, has all this amazing stuff going on. Uh, Alfie, who does this, like, Killer kids ministry, and we're all having this meeting together. And I thought, you know what, I am like the luckiest guy in the world. Because I totally love every one of those guys. We have fought battles together. Every one of those people, we would die for each other, but they love you guys so much that they do like craziness to make this happen. You have no idea how what they put in to get your kids to do the things that they did, all the crafts and all this stuff. My, see, I'll, I'll say this here. We'll see how this goes. My wife now works full-time for Kids Rock, and I'm thinking, I would never want to work there. Those guys are maniacs. They're like, they they're just go and they're doing stuff and they don't, all they care about is the kids and the kids to have this experience so they can get to know who God is. And they're like killing themselves back there. And thank God I'm a pastor. right? Like this is, that's insanity what's going on. And you know, just stopping for a moment and looking around the room at the people who, you know, I love and love me dearly. And we, you know, this is that we sit around and sing kumbaya and say this. And so I thought one time I said, hey, guys, I'd I just like to, i just like us to say one thing that we appreciate about each other. And, and we just stopped from doing the things that we did and just said, hey, you know what, man, Chuck, you are so awesome in how you do this. You carry the heart of the church and you're supposed to be a techie, but you, you have just the heart of the church just running through you. You would die for that. And we kind of went around the room. And in that moment, you realize, oh, yeah, this is what's important, right? Jesus said, I want you to love like I love. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And we can learn how to do it. We are broken, but it's actually brilliant because God's in the middle of it that's the relationship that god wants you to have and so we're gonna i'm gonna start you off with one principle then we are going to have our stuff with one thought and then we're going to have a pig a plank and a principle and we're going to learn the first step of what kind of relationships are all about so the first thing is this is if you want to have meaningful long-term relationships and you know that's what we're going for that's why defriending and canceling people bad idea Because you really are made to have these long-term relationships. The long-term relationships are the best ones. It's where you can get real life from. I think the number one thing that is a shaper of your relationships is, am I willing to receive from God so I have something to give out? And I would bet you almost never thought of it that way. We would say, like, how we were raised, are you a people person, are you an extrovert? All those things that the world tells you that are really important actually are not important at all because God designed you to be in relationship. He has given you the ability to do that, and I think how you receive from God, your ability to receive from God, actually is the number one shaper of how you can have relationships. If you can't receive his love, you probably can't give out that love to other people either. Right? That makes sense. If, if you don't get his grace, if you, if you carry the weight of the sins that you've committed and all those things, and, and you hear the, the, you know, like, I know that men hurt me one time, so all men are pigs. If you carry that, you're never going to be able to give it out to God. And God's designed you to be, and these are the words, freely you have received, freely give freely you have received freely give so there is a freedom that God wants to pour through you so you can actually just be God's conduit to go through now there's a couple of things and I'm going to do this really quickly there's a couple of things that kind of stop us from doing this one is is we think we're unworthy because of the things that have gone on in our life or whatever we don't receive from God because we we don't think we're worthy of those things and we just think well you know God's got gives good gifts he does great stuff I know all those things are true I hear the promises of God I sing them but I'm not sure it's me I'm not sure that I am worthy when you cut right down to it it's a worthiness issue and this is a trick of the enemy that he will always try to get to you within. And here's the truth in the middle of that. And for some of you, this is going to be incredibly important because you're going to have to fight the lie with truth. The truth is none of us were ever worthy to get it to receive from God ever and never will be. And so when we, we get caught in that game, we always lose. You and I are not worthy of anything. It's all grace. It's why you hear grace over and over again in Jesus' message. It's why he, he says it over and over again. It's why when he catches this woman having sex, and it's just like the, the, the religious person, the decent person, the Christian person would say, hey, that woman should be punished, right? And Jesus looks at her, And he knows that in that moment, what she needs more than anything else is something different. And he said, I am not going to accuse you. What? See, Jesus has a whole different metric for doing relationships. Now, now when we're on that, you know, it's interesting, Peter, the only guy to walk on water, and then he sinks, what does Jesus say to him? Hey, way to go, Pete, you're awesome, woo! next time doesn't does he He says Peter what's wrong with you why did you look at the waves and sink see Jesus has a whole different metric of relationships that we're going to be talking about but he you have to understand that it starts with receiving and Peter had a big reception he had a big receiving that he was getting from God and that means he had to be able to make it happen is worthiness that issue? The second thing, and I think this is a little tougher, is sometimes we're unsure. We're unsure of the fact that the things that that, uh, that God is gonna give us are actually better than the things that we're holding on to in our life. Now you have to be really honest with yourself, don't you, to actually say that. I don't I don't want to ask you to raise your hands or anything, but that, that's pretty gut level stuff. If you, would, if you would honestly say that, you know what, God? I actually really like to be control in my life more than I like to have you get control because if I give you control, I might have to suffer or I might have to give up or I might lose control in my life. You know what, folks? We all have that disease. The question is, are you going to be honest about it? Because then you can receive from God. You can only give out the number one shaper of your relationships is how well you receive from God because you are intended to be a conduit through which he gives you. One of the guys that I learned this from early, early on in my life, I think first year pastoring, his name was Warren, and he was a piece of work. You know you have people in your life who you can only take in small doses? Don't point, Right? But we all have these people in our life, right? We like them; they're kind of fantastic. But man, too much, and it's like, whoa, too much. And Warren was too much. And I remember, I remember him. One of the first times that we talked, I'd gotten to know him. We were actually in a men's group, and we were for learning and really great and everything like that. So he also goes, Aubrey, guess what? It finally got scheduled, and my wife's breast reduction is just, and he starts telling me this whole, going into all these details, and I'm going, dude, stop! This is not what I want to know about, right? And he, and he kept talking to me about this all the time, and I'm going, seriously? Warren, too much. Please stop. And then his wife comes up. Says, hey, Aubrey, guess what? I, I don't want to know! Right, go away, what is wrong with you people? And it could be that they were just messing with the young Mennonite pastor. But, you know those guys, they, they had something that, that I realized that I didn't have way back then, is that they would, Warren would, would pray with anybody, anywhere, anytime. And it wasn't a personality thing. It was the thing, you know, that if I've been forgiven much, I love much. And he had absolutely gotten the sense of how fully he had received God's love, and he couldn't help but just give it out. And I remember, despite him and all his quirkiness and everything, thinking, he, hey, God, you know what? I want some of that. I want to be able to just be that conduit that it just flows through. I am really tired of being careful all the time. God, would you make me Holy Spirit-wise instead of being careful? Because I know that you have good things that you want to pass out, and the number one shaper of your relationships is what you can receive. Thank you. The second thing that I, I want, or maybe just... Yeah, second thing I want to talk to you about is if you want to have meaningful relationships, uh, Jesus says in in Matthew chapter 7 that there are some things that we need to get and we need to understand, and this is really kind of a critique of of where we're going as a society. We're going to read it, Matthew chapter 7, and uh, meaningful relationships in Jesus' Jesus way means that we don't judge. So Matthew chapter 7, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And he's saying, listen, be really careful with this area. This is incredibly important. So you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother or your sister's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the plank out of your own eye when all the time, or let me take the dust out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. Hey, didn't he just say that we weren't supposed to judge? And he just called us hypocrites. Huh? Jesus! you messing with us again. He says, you hypocrite. First you take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In other words, we actually desperately need each other to help each other, but we got to do it the right way. And then he gives us, so we've had a principle, we've had a plank, and now we need a pig. Do not give God what is, do not give dog, sorry, what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So Jesus says, here's, this, this is the Sermon on the Mount, which is basically one big teaching on how to do relationships. He says, here's, the most imp- here's one of the most important things. Do not judge. And I think this might be one of the most misunderstood things, because a little later on, he called people pigs, and he called them dogs, and he called them hypocrites. So what's going on? Do not judge is very different than do not evaluate what's right and wrong and be helpful to people in doing right and wrong. Do not judge means don't be judgy, condescending, and destructive to the people around you. You see the difference between those two things, right? And here's the thing, guys. I got to be really honest with you, and you know this. What is the church most often criticized for? Judgy. Okay, I mean this in like more love than any you could ever imagine. What is wrong with us? How come we end up over here instead of over here? What what this parables, and I'll I'll unpack it for you in in the next 10 minutes or so, are saying is you want to to come to people and help them. You want melt-in-your-mouth sweetness that you can talk to because I care so much about you that I would want you to be everything God wants you to be because you're going to affect a 1,000 people in your life. So why wouldn't I be helpful to you? And over here is, yeah, well, I got an opinion, and you need to know that, and this is what you should do. And over here is people saying, man, I love you so much because you and I are family. And I take that seriously that you and I are family. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the right words. I'm gonna trust the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray about it. Ooh, pray about it. I'm gonna pray about what's the best way. And I'm, and I'm gonna realize, boy, you know what? Probably I, I got something in my own eye that is going to not be helpful to me when I talk to you. So I'm going to kind of work on my own stuff and be careful that I'm not just going, (laughs) here's the thing that I want to say to you that I think is incredibly important. Folks, none of us, almost none of us are good at this. We all have a long, long way to go. If you wouldn't mind, just assume that you're not very good at this because it's society that we live in, that we haven't learned how to do this. And, and, and in this principle this of judging, God says, hey, let me teach you a better way to do relationships, and when you get this, you are going to be a transformative community, because people are gonna want to be able to be a part of you, because they really, finally understand what love is. And love is not clamming up, right? It's not like, well, you don't tell me your stuff and I won't tell you our stuff and everybody will be fine. And it's not blowing somebody up. It's saying, I care about you enough to say, I'm not going to judge, but we're going to walk through. So what does that look like? The first image is this. It says, if you are going to take sawdust, a piece of dust out of somebody's eye, first you got to get rid of your plank. My question to you is this. How do you get something out of somebody's eye? Very carefully, right? So what you do, Eli? Do you mind? So I, here, here is just coming up. He, I got, I got this plank. This could be like a longer plank. I got this plank. I see Eli's got something, and so I'm, I'm just going here, here. Let me, let me. Hey, hey, hey. Let me. Careful. You know, sawdust maybe in there. Hey, <laughs> like maybe, maybe a chisel and a hammer. Can I, can I? And, and, it, and it's meant to be, like, ridiculous, right? you got this big thing sticking out here. How are you supposed to get this back out of his eye? Super carefully, right? With the most gentle way that's possible to do it because you don't want to destroy him. Thanks. And he says, this is, this is what you got to do. you got to realize that this plank, everybody has it. This is your plank. And, and i got to be one... Be really careful that melt in your mouth sweetness when I'm going to talk to him because I understand that. And secondly, I got to say, boy, I'd be really worried about my own plank before I'm really concerned about his spec. Because I got a plank. I got a plank or two or three. Remember, broken, but brilliant. And that's what God allows us to do. He says, you know what, I, I have a way to, for you to do this, and I, I don't want you to not do this, I want you to really, really care about each other, because it's actually how you grow. My, my friend Dave was uh, probably my best friend in, in my former church, and he had, we had a men's group with him for a long time. He was the guy that I've some of I've told most of you this story is that he actually died when we were taking each other off the ice. I was going on, he was, I, I was going on, he was coming off, he collapsed on the ice and had a heart attack and died right in front of me. And I called my wife, and I'll never forget this. She said, This is the weirdest thing. She says, I just had a vision of God, of Jesus showing Dave the universe. Ah. <laughs> right? This is my friend Dave. And uh, the, the backstory to my friend Dave was the fact that, that uh, he's in the church for a long time, a young pastor. He kind of took me under his wing. He's a very successful businessman. And what happened was something didn't work out in the church. And I still remember the day that he stood up in church and he said, hey, you know what? We've been a part of this church for a long time, but we really feel like we need to leave. Nothing against Pastor Ob's leadership. We love Ob. He's great but we need to go. And I like had a stake in my heart. And they left. And I remember having to decide to say that, uh, that God, you're going to have to help me through this because I can't, you know, I know what I want to say to him, but there was something deeper. And like, I think it was like six months later, we kept relating and connecting. And actually that didn't change our relationship at all because we're part of a family, right? We're, we're bricks in the temple. We're part of the body. It lasts forever. You see, he actually wrote me a note and quoted C.S. Lewis, and he had me at C.S. Lewis, and said, uh, hey, Ab, I think you're in trouble. And he, and he just wrote me this quick note of, of saying that sometimes when you try to cure, if you're not in a really close relationship with God, if you try to cure the disease, you end up catching it, And I was actually in big trouble. And because Dave had melted the most sweetness in his life and in his spirit, and in that long-term relationship with you, he saved my life. Brilliant. Over here, broken. And we take both if we're going to let the plank come out of our own eyes. The last thing is this is he says he gives the analogy of the pearl and he says don't give to dogs what's holy or sacred do you not throw your pearls to pigs and if you do they trample them under their feet they will turn and they'll tear you to pieces now you could look at this and you could get really judgy with this but let me explain this to you in a way that i hope is really simple i want you to think about this is a parable which means it's a story with a point point. The other story about a pearl, do you remember the other story story about a pearl? is the pearl of great price, right? Where the guy finds the pearl, and the pearl is the gospel. It's Jesus, his love, his grace rescuing us. The guy finds the pearl, and what does he do with the pearl? Sells everything he has because he understands how valuable the gospel is, and he buys the pearl. Now, these people are pigs and dogs. and In our modern-day get offended, hate speech, you got to kind of get over that part. And what Jesus says in this parable, he says, you and I are the owners, and the owners are supposed to feed. These were domesticated animals, right? We're supposed to feed them. And so they are looking for food, and we give them rocks. And they don't like these rocks because they're not ready for it yet. They don't get it yet. And they're in that place where they just can't receive it. See, you would love your pearls on your swine to go to pigs to look like this. There we go. You would love that to be. You you tell somebody something and boom, it just, oh, yes, I've changed their life and everything. But you know what? We don't understand, and this is how God deals with us in every way, that God has a pace in our life that he helps us to get things, and when when we're ready for things to receive it, he gives it to us. And you know what is happening in our lives often is we give stuff to people, but we throw rocks at them, and then we get mad at them that they don't receive. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You are not understanding the pace that people are at in their life. I pace with you all the time. I give you stuff just when you need it. I don't crush you and demand everything of you in your life. Now, you need to do that with each other. It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter what you know. You might think you know all this stuff. Everybody is on a journey. And God says, I want you to meet them where you're at. Otherwise, whose fault is it that the pearls are being thrown to the swine? Our fault. Because we need to love people enough to walk with them. And say, hey, that's not where you're at. That's okay. Because Jesus does it to you all the time. That's how he loves you. Freely you've received. Freely give. Peter gets this principle. He's, Jesus has just reclaimed him, made him breakfast, said feed my sheep and then jesus said oh yeah by the way peter this is how you're going to die and he describes a horrible death and and i don't know if you've thought about through this story (laughs) and then he sees john walking by and he goes what about him (laughs) it's like it's so broken and jesus says you know what what is that to you follow me See, Jesus individually looks at you, and he gives you the next thing that you are going to need to become the person that you need to be. And somebody else's thing is somebody else. Aren't you glad that he is so brilliant that he does that to you? That's how you do relationship. That's what it means to love like you've been loved. Amen? Why don't you stand, please? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? We want to respond back to that. If you could uh, take some time right now and just sort of exhale. I know we do this all the time, but there, there might be something in a relationship that as I've been talking that the Holy Spirit wanted to just put his finger on. And, and I kind of direct with you guys saying, hey, listen, you know, we're not really good at this. And it probably is true for all of us. But if there's a relationship that you you want to commit to loving in the way that you've been loved I want you to just take a moment and do that just you and Jesus God would you help me that's probably the prayer help me to love like you've loved maybe for some of you it's, it's um, I realize that I'm jammed up on the receiving part that I thought I'm not worthy or I've you know really gut level honest I'm kind of at that place where I'm not really thinking that your stuff is better than mine. You need to take a moment and just say, God, you know what, I'm not going to believe that lie anymore. The truth is, real life happens in Jesus. Uh, Whether this is online or in person, um, somebody had a thought that It was kind of like you and Jesus driving in a tractor and you're thinking that can't be right. And I think that God wants you to know that that is right. You actually can hear his voice. If you're here today or online and you've never made that decision to accept Christ or maybe you have and you've sort of slipped away and you need to come back without anybody looking around online, there's a little hand that's going to come up. You can press that in the building. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? And I'll acknowledge it, and you can put it down. Anybody here? Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else that would want to say, yeah, I need to, I need to do that? Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he clearly presented a way where relationships can work. I choose the relationship with Jesus to be my primary relationship. I give leadership of my life to you. Today I choose to follow you. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand? Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God.